We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So for a 21st, that's right, 21st straight time, the Ravens emerged victorious in a preseason game. The last time they lost in the preseason, you got to go back to 2015. And safety Kyle Hamilton was 14 years old in high school. Baltimore beat Tennessee 23-10 to in the first of three preseason games here in the summer that is 2022 as we get ready for the 2022 season. Welcome into the Ravens vault. I'm Bobby Trossett, Sarah Ellison alongside as always. And partner, we finally have some game action to talk about. Sure, it's preseason. And sure, there's a percentage of the NFL fan base, perhaps maybe even the Ravens fan base, who don't care about preseason, who wonder why this streak matters. But all that, honestly, it's irrelevant right now because we got game action to talk about again. And and we're going to dive in. I love, I love that we've got a game action to talk about. It's hilarious, Bobby, because I thought it was only John Harbaugh and maybe a select few fans that cared about this winning streak, but I literally just saw at the time of this recording, maybe just an hour after the game, the Sporting News put up this big tweet with this massive picture of game-winning streaks, the Ravens of 21, here's some other good game-winning streaks, and I put up regular season stuff like the – 2014 to 2017 UConn women's team or like the New England Patriots 21 straight and 03 and 04 and then the LA Lakers from 71 to 72. I dare say that this preseason streak while kind of cool doesn't doesn't compare to those. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, pretty, pretty meaningless. But but here's what's nice about it. The Ravens only started three of their projected regular season starters, Powers, OA and Pierce and OA had like one snap. So, so I, I commend the win as long as nobody's being at risk to be injured again. So, so we're all good there. I just wouldn't put it up there the way the sporting news did. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And before we dive into like, you know, takeaways and what we learned and observations, let's just make it very abundantly clear, right? That we understand, yes, this is preseason play and 32 of the 90 players on the team's full roster weren't even in action. And as you mentioned, only three projected starters suited up. So we're not going to jump to conclusions. We're not going to try to overreact here, but now that that's out there, Sarah, I think we could dive in, right? Yeah, let's dive in here. Let me, let me give you my first takeaway, Bobby. Isaiah likely the receiver 
is much better at this point than Isaiah the blocker, <laughs> right? Um, he's He's got two, re- I mean, the one catch, oh my gosh, Bobby, where he's got the defender all over him. I mean, the defender couldn't have played that any better. His hand is in between Likely's two hands and he's just strong. And then another de- Titans defender comes up and hits him from behind. For him to hold on to that was was amazing. <laughs> he tried to show us his juke moves. John Harbaugh made fun of him for that. He was like, the first juke, you know, that was nice. Maybe the five after that wasn't necessary. But I've got no concerns about the blocking. I mean, he talked about his jitters, um, how excited he was. I mean, this is a dream come true, his first NFL game in that stadium in front of, you know, all these fans. So he's going to work that out, but... Oh my gosh, Bobby. He's like that. He's like that, Bobby. He's like that. He's like that. I call him Baby Mark sometimes, too. We've been talking about it nonstop, right? Uh, His coaches, his teammates have. He finishes with four receptions, 44 yards, a long of 22, four targets. He's super likable. (laughs) It's going to get painful. These these are going to get painful at some point, but we're going to keep it going since it's preseason. No, his... But yes, his whole rookie season, he we get to do this. His whole rookie season. That's that's I'm saying it's open. We get to do we get to do it. No, no doubt. Even better. But I mean, he he's living up through the early going here to a lot of the expectation, a lot of the hype. I mean, you know, for Lamar to and even Mark himself to view him as a mini Mark and for Coach Harbaugh to make it clear that he is going to be. He's got a knack for the game. He's got a big catch radius. You know, he moves his feet like a wide receiver, except he's 250 pounds. He's going to be he's going to be part of the offense this year. Those are early statements to be said. So for him to back it up here in the early going in his first ever game action in the NFL, I think is a testament to what he may end up becoming this year. Yeah, and what I like is that he continues to stack plays, stack practices Every single time there's like a new element introduced, right? So we first heard about likely and all the praise before the pads went on. And Lamar Jackson was like, well, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We haven't even put on the pads. So then the pads come on and then we keep hearing his name. And it's like, well, let's see if he can do it and with these more live tackling because it's not like they're hitting that hard in practice or whatever. So the live tackling comes today and the preseason game comes and he continues to stack plays. And so, you know, all he's done is hurdle every new thing that's come at him. And so, you know, he'll do it. He'll try to do it for the next two preseason games and then it'll be regular season action. But the way he's projecting, it's like every time a new challenge comes, he sails over it. Speaking of challenges, too, as much as it, he'll enjoy tomorrow's film room or this weekend's film room, there will also be an opportunity for growth uh, as we both watched and heard on the broadcast, Isaiah struggled in the blocking department. And I thought Rod Woodson, Hall of Famer, former Raven, color analyst this year alongside Jerry Sandusky in the Ravens radio booth, I thought he really kind of broke it down well where the adjustment can be made. Listen to this. When you're inside here, you got to be inside to grab here. So when the Yankee comes this way, instead of pulling from here, all refs are going to see the outside hands. Inside hands, you always get away with it. And now I need dry cleaning services. <laughs> so, Sarah, it seems like, I mean, look, he's got a month to go, right, till regular season play kicks off. And as Rod illustrated there, it seems to be a simple fix from bringing his, aunt, his hands outside 
to inside. And whether or not he can correct that and make that adjustment accordingly in the next month or so remains to be seen. But his football IQ seems to me that I think it could be a decent, decently simple fix. Yeah, well, he even what's nice to know is that I'm sure he didn't hear what Rod Woodson had to say, but in that post-game presser, he already said it's just about hand placement, which plays right into what Rod Woodson was saying. So he's he's already aware. Like you said, he's got the IQ. He seems to study a lot. I think I think he's going to be just fine with this. Let's stick with the pass catchers while we're at it here because to me, and again, we don't want to overreact here, but since we have talked about it a number of times uh, on our Morning Vault episodes, you know, who's going to be that guy? Who's going to be that undrafted rookie who snatches a spot, who earns a spot on the 53-man roster? When I look at Shamar Bridges at 6'4", 207 pounds, an undrafted rookie out of Fort Valley State, not only did he flash tonight, Sarah, but he also essentially symbolizes from a body type standpoint something and someone that the Ravens don't currently have on their roster. Right. Not not at the wide receiver position. Because <laughs> this dude is this dude is big. We've got some six four guys maybe over at, at tight end. Bobby, I'm just I'm just looking forward to the calls Lamar to Shamar. Can we get that? Can we get that going here in the regular season? Yeah, I mean, he definitely made a strong case for himself, right? And I have to say Shamar Bridges, I don't know that there's an undrafted rookie receiver who I've heard his name come out of training camp more. So, you know, you don't put it quite on the level of Isaiah likely, you know, sticking out, but like likely it's Shamar. You just keep hearing his name. You keep hearing his name. And the way he uses that big Bobby or that big body, Bobby, <laughs> say that 10 times. You're on a um, roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but the way he uses it, the way he used it in the, in the end zone, um, and was just able to time the jump with the perfectly placed ball from Huntley and then to go up and get it. And then he did the same thing with, the uh, the back shoulder, uh, mm. later in the, in the third quarter, just the way he's able to, to track the ball and then adjust with that big body and go and get it. And the way he can like you know, it's hard for defenders to to stick with that. So that was very impressive, very impressive for him. He's got to do it for two more preseason games. I've seen in the past where, you know, one guy will stick out in the first preseason game and then somebody else will come out the second and third. So we'll see if he can keep it up. I will say this, though, Bobby, the depth of the wide receiver position is concerning because um, we saw Tylen Wallace – uh, have to leave the game. John Harbour said that it was a minor knee sprain. You've got James Prochet. John Harbour had revealed that he was out today, didn't play at all because of stop, soft tissue setback. Now, he said he'd only be sidelined a week or two. He also said Tylen Wallace, in his estimation, is going to be fine. But we've already seen that Bateman has missed some time, and so has Duvernay. And it's 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 like... The Ravens have held off so far on not signing a vet, and at this point, I just don't know that they have a choice. I think that they, I think that they need to, even even with Shamar playing well, even with Bateman, you know, playing well in practice. You know, it's but we didn't get to see Prochet tonight. We didn't get to see the you know the full game of of Wallace, you know, and to go through a whole regular season with such thin depth with unproven players. To me, you know, I feel like the Ravens need to go out and sign a vet. 
I couldn't agree more. It just feels like we're trending in that direction. You know, uh, when this episode is up and live, it'll be under a month to go till the start of the regular season. And it just feels like that gap is starting to close. And you feel for guys like James Prochet and Tylen Wallace because they understand that they're on the fringe. They understand that they're unproven and they they're inexperienced and they have a lot more to you know, they feel they have a lot more to give, but when you're unavailable, you can't give anything. And uh, what, when I saw that James Prochet wasn't dressed tonight, I immediately started thinking to myself, he, he has to have suffered some sort of setback because mm-hmm. preseason is, is supposed to be where he makes his bread, li- quite literally. Right, right. Like the, we've been talking about this since we started this podcast, Bobby. From the very first episode, we talked about this group and and we had said, like, it's going to be all about this preseason for these guys to show the coaches, to show the front office that they don't need to go and pick somebody up. And, you know, I haven't heard much from Wallace really all training camp. So this was a big game for him. Have just like last summer heard a lot from of Prochet, his name being called all the time. And Harbaugh said if it's sidelined a week or two, well, that's a big difference. That's a big difference when you're fighting to prove that you can be that guy. And so if you miss this first preseason game, so is it going to be a week or is it going to be two? Because if it's another two weeks, that's the preseason. It's done. It's over. And so, you know, and that, and it's like you said, though, it, 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 it kills you to say it because I can feel it from the whole fan base. Everybody has been rooting on Prochet, especially. We have been here too. So that's really that's really a heartbreaker. I hope that he can get back, you know, before those two weeks to show what he can do. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And bottom line, too, is, Sarah, even if they do bring in a Will Fuller or Cole Beasley or you know any other remaining free agent who's still on the market, Given some of these setbacks, and if they do start to linger after that one to two week window, maybe the door remains open 
for a guy like Shamar Bridges to capitalize on the moment. Right? I mean, yeah. he, put, he, he puts together a performance like tonight, and and you're talking about somebody who is going to make them put him on the 53. Yeah, I mean, if he has <laughs> – if he has any more games like tonight, like, and that's what coaches like that John Harbaugh has said it all the time. He's like, I hope that players will go out this summer and make decisions easy for us. Like somebody go out and claim the job. And that's what Shamar did tonight. That is absolutely what he did tonight. And let's just see if he can continue it going forward. Now, speaking of all these receivers, you had to have somebody throwing the ball, Tyler Huntley, had an outstanding half. I mean, <laughs> 16 of 18 for 88.9%. Now, from my understanding is that is way better than what we've seen in camp, but 88.9, that's going to be, that's going to be, <laughs> that's crazy numbers. So that goes for 110 yards, the touchdown, which we talked about to Shamar Bridges and a pass rating of 110.6. This, I, that just showed me once again, Tyler Huntley, you know, it's not like Bobby, we're studying all the backup quarterbacks around the league, but he's got to be among the best, potentially could be a starter at a, at another team. Started for the Ravens. And let's not re- forget, I mean, he, he didn't win with the Ravens when, when Lamar went down. But let's not forget that he was playing with a squad that was, you know, historically injured. And he still had them in the game all the you know, every single week. And he just showed again tonight. I saw, I saw a tweet from Mina at ESPN. She was like, <laughs> just r- raving about him and how he could be a court, a, a starter elsewhere. Just a phenomenal night from him. Down the stretch too, especially defensively, right? His, his defense put him in such a pressure situation, having to put up a number of points because of how decimated that secondary was. So I thought it was a quietly efficient productive half of football for Tyler. And I mean, Hey, when you're Lamar Jackson's backup uh, and the entire national regional and local media contingents only focus on the the QB one, obviously for good reason, you tend to fly under the radar. So I I can't wait to see the the development that he continues to show because, you know, he's quietly working too, right? Just because we're all talking about Lamar doesn't mean that Tyler Huntley's not developing behind the scenes. Uh, I just felt that I got a couple games under my belt. I played against a, uh, some good players like Aaron Donald and TJ Watt and all of them. So it, it, it felt good. It, it gave me a little confidence in, into the future. The Ravens are very fortunate to have somebody like Huntley behind Lamar here who who is just, you know, definitely underrated went late in the draft um and the ravens were fortunate to to have him fall fall to them and and just be a perfect guy to be there with lamar jackson and then they can go into the season knowing that they only need to take up two spots at the qb position uh no need to take up anymore as as you know there's so many precious there's only so few spots available so to only have to give up two to the quarterback position is great, but let's flip over to uh, the defensive side, Bobby. What were your what was your estimation of Kyle Hamilton's the first round pick, his first preseason game, first game in the NFL? What what were your takeaways from him? Well, he didn't waste any time, right? He had the first quarter fumble recovery, and Tony Jefferson said, "Hey, 
come here, young man. Let me show you the camera over here on the south side of the stadium so we can go take a photo, and then everybody else will join us. And they all run <laughs> to the other side of the field. They have a great time. No, uh, he, he seemed like the, the moment wasn't too big for him, which is exactly what you'd expect. Uh, he covered all kinds of ground. He's super instinctive in a lot of ways. I really enjoyed listening to Rod Woodson kind of scout him as he was playing. And he's just got great field awareness, too. And he's rangy. We've known that since, you know, the, the second he came out of Notre Dame and, and was being scouted for, you know, potential NFL caliber careers. And I, I just think that he plays within himself. You didn't see a ton of them, obviously, but it was a great start to what he hopes is is a long and fruitful career in Baltimore. People always talk about, you know, his 40 time and his speed and all that, but it's it's what you talked about, his instinctiveness always gets him. He always seems to be in the right place at the right time, and that's that's how he gets that fumble recovery, right? He's just always in the right place at the right time. I will say on that um, Titans touchdown from Malik Willis, Kyle Hamilton had a free rush right at him and just took a bad angle, took a bad angle. And then Willis was able to go around to his outside and, and make a few moves and get into that end zone. So, but that's just, again, that's, that's the Ravens really haven't been doing any tackling in, in practice. I think they've done it a couple of times, but really, you know, they're, they're taught not to go all out and not to go, go hit hard. So that, that, these these are almost the first time we're seeing these these especially rookie defenders really get a chance to try to actually tackle and and do all the right angles. But yeah, I think that was the one low light for Kyle Hamilton there was just taking the wrong angle. So if he takes a better angle that the next time, that's a sack for him. That's a sack, and that's something just like we were talking with with Isaiah Likely that I'm not too worried about. He's going to figure that out, and and then we would be talking about how he got his first sack in in the NFL. So just a fine start for him in my in my view. Kyle will be watching that play that you just alluded to, and Isaiah will have a couple of plays to look at w- when it comes to blocking in the film room. But hey, that's what the next few weeks is is all about. And you know, I think sticking with the the defensive side of the ball too, Sarah, the fact that they did have, and I, I granted, yeah, we we know it's it's second and third stringers that in the second half typically on both sides, uh, um, uh, on both teams, but the Ravens defense did find a way to cause three turnovers, uh, one, one of which was a Geno Stone interception. Uh, another, by the way, the, the only reason Kyle Hamilton had a chance to to kind of fall on that football was because of Malik Harrison's efforts. And we heard from him after the game. He was one of the, the Ravens that uh, PR put in front of the podium. And I just – I feel like we should give him his due because we don't know what year three has in store for him. But what we do know is that last year it was very difficult for him. Remember, on the bye week – uh, he was struck by a stray bullet in, in Ohio and yeah. it really kind of, you know, it, it unfortunately for Malik, understandably so, kind of sent his season into space and he never really was able to get back onto the football field. So, you know, to see him make some strides, it wasn't perfect. He looked like he was ready to to take somewhat of a step and be a key role player for this defense. Oh, that'd be nice. I mean, that was the vision, right? That was the vision when they drafted him and Patrick Queen to have one one as the thumper and and you know the other that can just move around and and cover sideline to sideline. So, yeah, Malik was cracking me up in that in that press conference though cuz they were like, "Hey, could you describe for us, you know, how that that force fumble went down and he's like, I didn't even know it was me. <laughs> he was just like, 
I didn't even know. I just saw the ball was out. So I decided to celebrate with my teammates, you know, and then he had looked up. He's like, oh, that was me. <laughs> so so it wasn't necessarily a planned punch out. It's not like he he was going in for that. But again, it's it's just being in the right place at the right time and playing hard and hitting hard and and causing that fumble. But I appreciated that um that honesty. But you had mentioned uh Geno Stone with the uh with the interception. This depth on this secondary is bananas, Bobby. It's absolutely yeah. bananas. You know, we've talked about Kyle, Marcus Williams, Chuck Clark did not play tonight. No need to put those veterans out there and risk any injury. Talked about Kyle. Tony Jefferson. Hey, this guy is going to go out for like, what, seven interceptions this year now that he can actually see the ball. (laughs) Bobby, I don't know if all those of you had seen it, but but, uh, Tony Jefferson had tweeted out the night before the game that he had just stopped wearing his glasses and contacts, just decided to stop wearing them. And just, it sounds like this week he decided to go back to him and he's just amazed at how much he can see. And everybody on Twitter is like, well, what have you been doing for the games? He's like, Oh, I'm just going out there natural with my regular eyes as if that's just a normal thing. So, uh, you know, you add all this, this new blood, Gino Stone going into his third year, it just seems like he's he's just seeing the field better. He's moving faster. He can get to the he can get to his spots better. So good for him to come up with this this inter, this interception. And then Tony can see now. So I mean, this group this group is going to be off the charts. Where do I even begin there? Because Tony had us all kind of on the floor. He went viral, viral on Twitter, and it's it was all over everywhere, memes and you name it. And I'm sure we will, we have not seen the end of those, but. But yeah, specifically to to Gino, here's a guy. The first thing that think that I think of Sarah is that he is one of the few Ravens to have benefited from last year's injury situation because his number was called early and often down the stretch, and perhaps that that's what he needed. He needed some game reps uh, up at the regular season kind of level, and maybe he transitions that and and translates that into year three. And you know, I think the big question I had coming into this this episode especially coming off a night where yeah that that the depth in the secondary was sort of showcased is can they keep can they afford to keep all five safeties that you just mentioned Williams Clark Hamilton Jefferson and Stone does Gino make this team they're making it hard for John Harbaugh to say no to one of them here's why I think it's it's doable I mean you know everybody keeps talking about is there a potential Chuck Clark trade uh, you know, I don't see it. I don't know that you're going to get some sort of tremendous draft value out of out of Chuck Clark um, at this point. Not that he's not worth it. I just, you know, the value of safeties have, have has kind of gone down. So it, here's why I think it works. It, number one, the Ravens, the way that they, um, they're not in their base package as much. They do a lot of dime. And so I think that you're not going to see um, a ton of packages where you traditionally have the two inside linebackers and instead you'll have, you know, three safeties and, you know, many of these safeties can go up and, and play that, that dime linebacker role. So I think you can keep them. Gino obviously needs to continue to make a case on special teams. Um, he's done that. He can continue to do that. So if, if I had to predict today, I would say that the Ravens are going to keep all five. It'll be a packed room, and we haven't even mentioned that 
the versatility that we saw last year from Brandon Stevens. Yeah, he w- they drafted him to be a cornerback, but then all of a sudden, oh wait, you can you can do a little bit of everything for our secondary. Okay, yeah, let's do it. And I, I'll be curious right. to see if Mike McDonald kind of taps into that the way that you know Wink did last year. So, all right, Sarah, let's shift gears once more before we jump because we haven't talked about the big boys up front, and there were a number of different combinations that the Ravens were working with. So. The starting lineup featured the following guys um, on the offensive line. You had Jawan James handling left tackle duties. You had Tyree Phillips at left guard. Patrick McCary was at center, of course, in Tyler Linderbaum's absence. You had Ben Powers at right guard and Daniel Falele anchoring it down on the right-hand side at right tackle. So your immediate reaction to that first combination of five and then what happened after, which we got a lot to discuss. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess starting with the bookends, I mean, offensive line is, you know, I usually need to go back and watch watch the game again to pay more attention. But I will say this about the two bookends, to have James and Falele. Falele went almost the whole game. We'll remember he was dying his first practice with the Ravens. <laughs> like he was huffing and puffing. He is a large human being. So the fact that he was just out there for almost the whole game and held up really well, even John Harbaugh spoke to this, um, was good good for him. And then Juwan James has not played football. How long has it been, Bobby? I'm trying to remember. He's like played three games since Two 2019. Years, yeah, yeah. So um, so to see just both those guys hold up was a good thing. Then to me, we were saying that um, Greg Roman had declared that Ben Powers was kind of the the leader of the left guard position. Um, you know, and that makes sense. Ben Powers, you know, has the most experience, but I think the Ravens want it to be Tyree Phillips. That has been the history since he's been drafted. They've been trying to move him to guard. You know, situations have made him, have forced them to move him out. Um, and then he was the one who started left guard last year over Powers. And then again, injuries moved him out. So I think despite what Greg Roman said, and he said it could change, I think Phillips is really the the favorite in the coach's minds. And I think they want to give him every opportunity to do so. And then so to have him start there at left guard um, is what I think they were trying to do there. Um, there were a few times I noticed Tyree Phillips, and that's usually a bad thing for for offensive linemen. But in this case, specifically on Mike Davis's touchdown run, I thought um, Phillips pulled to the right and sealed the block there, uh, along with, by the way, Mason. <laughs> Mason had um, a great block there. I, th- I thought both of them. And then Falele, actually, while I think he can still improve his technique, he used just his his just body size, his girth, his mammoth of a man was able to help out there too. So they were able to seal off that right side. So, but I really liked Phillips on that pull there. And there's a lot of pulling on this offensive line. So that was good to see that from Phillips. Ben Powers, not only, yeah, started at right guard, uh, but also took over it for center duties when, when McCary was down, this is in um, the absence of the rookie Linderbaum, who, by the way, this is just, I mean, whatever it is, what it is, He's dealing with um, a foot sprain, um, but it's too bad that he's not out there. I mean, he could really, really use these reps in the preseason as a rookie. So um, those were, yeah, my first kind of takeaways, just kind of some interesting movement there that the Ravens have with powers at right guard and then at center giving, I don't, I'm not aware 
of Powers ever playing center before. And if he has, it's been very little, very little. Yeah, a lot of mixing and matching going on. I guess that's what the preseason's for. And um, you yeah, know, I should, we should also we should give some love to Ben Cleveland, who obviously has been unavailable in the early going of camp because of his failure to pass the strength and conditioning test. But um, he was pretty active tonight. He had multiple pancake blocks. He looked pretty good. Uh, absolutely ripped a guy on, on one of the screen passes that Greg Roman drew up. So he, he may not end up being the starting left guard as everybody kind of wanted him to be like, the, as I always say, sort of the sexy fan pick, but he's out there. He has passed his conditioning test and he's fighting for playing time. So, uh, we, we we might as well give him his due. Yeah, give it up. I mean, he did. He had a couple of, of pancake blocks, but I need to go back and watch him more clearly. Don't have a lot more there. But I do uh, want to give one more shout out to another rookie. I thought it was a pretty good night for the rookies. Punter Jordan Stout. I'm going to give it up to the punter before we, we close out here, Bobby. He handled, all, yeah. he handled all of his punt duties. Clearly has a cannon of a leg. Can knock that thing anywhere. But I think more than anything... You know, and you know, Harbaugh said this earlier in in, one, in an interview. Um, they didn't just draft him because he has a big leg, which he does, but they feel like he has the potential to be like Sam Cook. Isn't Sam Cook, but like Cam Sam Cook, where you know he can have this directional this directional punting, put it in the right place because that's what that's what Sam Cook was good at. Just always get in the right place. Um, I, I don't have the stats on Jordan Stout in front of me, but. Just good impressions from from his first time out. Having Sam, as we've mentioned multiple times, having him by his side throughout this transition has been, I would imagine, just invaluable. So, yeah, he, he's got a big boot. Like you said, kind of the whole angle thing and the creativity seems like he's very easily coachable. He wasn't just punting. He was also kicking off and he was also holding. And from a holding standpoint, we never heard his name called. And with Justin Tucker getting after it again. Uh, no surprise here. Three for three, a long of 47 after that $24 million deal that he signed within the last week or so. It sounds like it, it sounds like everything is steamrolling as you'd expect within the Ravens special teams department. 100%. And Bobby, as we, we uh, wrap things up here, we should mention for uh, all of our listeners, this long form podcast is going to take the place of our Friday morning uh, Ravens vault. We usually have that 15 minute package with this game finishing up pressers finishing at about, you know, just before midnight. I think right now we're, we're heading on to midnight here. So we will not be having a Friday morning Ravens vault. And this will be a tradition. Uh, whenever we have these Sunday games, especially late games, we will not do the morning vault. We'll just have an instant reaction to the game. So I just wanted to put that, that note out there for people to, to know, to not to look for that one. Yeah, no, thanks for clarifying that because that is our, our game plan moving forward, sort of your analysis, and then every other day, right? Um, so let's say for the first Sunday, Monday morning will be a, a longer form traditional episode like we're doing right now, and then Tuesday through Friday we'll be back to 15-minute morning vault, which we know that we've gotten a lot of great feedback on. We really want to continue to receive that that kind of feedback too, whether you like it or not. So um, as always, we would love for you to leave a rating, write a review if you feel so inclined and uh, download the, as many podcasts as you possibly can. Subscribe if you feel so inclined. Hit us up uh, on social media and maybe even drop the podcast into a Ravens group 
chat or Facebook chat. So, all right. Well, next up for the Ravens, they head to Arizona on Sunday, August 21st. That is an 8 o'clock kickoff. So we have that coming up, Sarah. Anything else from you? I think that's it. We look forward. We'll we'll be getting back to the morning vault come um, Monday morning. We'll have all the news that you'll need to know. So we look forward to it. All right. For Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett. Thanks so much for being here with us on the Ravens vault. Preseason game number one is down. Two more to go. And as we currently sit here right now, we're under a month to go to the start of the 2022 Ravens regular season. 